You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Yes, hello to you, wherever you may be listening. We are back for Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with the captain, Guy Molcaster, Gareth Hall with you. Guy, we couldn't find him. We set out a search party, but we have located the great man. Guy Molcaster, live from France, joins us for this week's edition of Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter. Guy, welcome back. Oh, good morning, Gareth, and how are you? I am very well. Now, where have you been and what have you been doing? Because we all miss you um, here in Australia. I was in Queensland last weekend. I thought, geez, I might try and catch up with me old cob, um, the captain, but unfortunately couldn't find you at your penthouse there on the Gold Coast. You're still away. Geez, it's been some holiday. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good trip, Gareth. I've managed to find a couple of new clients, and uh, and everything's gone pretty well. And I'll be back into action next week, back on the Gold Coast. Now I've been, you know, flicking through social media as I do, and I was looking at a few of the the social media posts by some of the biggest names in Australasian racing, and they're on a bit of a holiday in Turkey. And there was J Mac and Katie and. I saw Henry Field there with his beautiful wife and his brother-in-law, James Harron, and then poking up down the side there of that photo was our man, the captain, Guy Mulcaster. Um, geez, you might, were you networking there or you were just enjoying a holiday with a couple of friends? Captain, did you enjoy no, it Turkey? Was, it was a bit of everything really, Gareth, but it's pretty hard uh, when you've got James Harron in your, in your group to uh, find any good punters, but I think he found a good one out of America while we were there. Oh, did you? Did so... Um, was it a what kind of holiday was it there in Turkey? Were you swimming every day, Captain? Yeah, we were lucky enough to be on a on a, um, one of our owners' boats, and uh, and we got the real royal treatment for the week. So you spend what five or six weeks over there in Europe? You, you just told us that you're looking for new clients. So how do you go about doing that? Are you the, the clients impressed with Australian racing? Want to race horses here, or are they wanting you to buy horses? for their local jurisdiction? How does that all work, Captain? Uh, no, mostly just networking, really, Gareth, and uh, and finding out if people have got any interest in racing horses in Australia. And, and there are a number of Australians over here that I've managed to open new doors with and uh, going to be catching up with them later in the uh, in the year over in Perth and those sort of things. I mentioned your name and uh, <laughs> held in very high regard with a couple of them. So, so, so when you're over there in Europe, um, and you're talking to international buyers as well. Um, what do they think of Australian racing? How do they think Australian racing is travelling at the moment? Oh, they think it's pretty amazing, and and obviously it is. But you know, we've got to really keep going because uh, the Saudis and and the Dubai people are really going to start cranking up their prize money, and it's going to become a world thing very shortly. Yeah, Mbappe, he's been offered a ridiculous wage as much as what you get paid to sell horses these or buy horses these days, I think in Saudi Arabia as well. So they are spending up big in that part of the world and we all know that they love their horse racing. How about your impact at the recent sales over there in Europe? Have you been participating in buying horses? Have you found a, a Melbourne Cup or a Caulfield Cup winner for us, Captain? Well, we went to the uh, July sale in, in Tattersalls and uh, – had a crack at a couple, but uh, as per normal, the, the Saudis just had more money than us to spend. And I thought either I'm going to have to get some more money to spend or we're going to have to start practicing my soccer like my Barbie. Yeah. So do you think that will be a 
a challenge for Australian buyers going forward to really compete with the, the, the bigger buyers and the bigger empires in racing that are based in the Middle East and Asia? No, we've always found, Gareth, that you just pick, you pick your market, these sort of sales, and you, and you buy what you can afford. And we're lucky we've got very good trainers in Australia that they can get a tune out of most of the horses that come out of Europe. Yeah, and um, what were the sales like there? Were, were they strong? How do you think that the, the, the organisations would, um, would weigh up how their sales went? I think uh, the sales are always particularly strong in Europe, especially when they know that our Australian prize money is so much better that, uh, you know, they can get it. They can get a premium for a horse after two or three runs. There was a horse that won a nice race at uh, in Ireland and he, he managed to make 360,000 pounds, which is a hell of a lot of money for a one-win maiden horse. Yeah. And we saw the Japanese sale as well. Um, about three or four weeks ago, and the Aussie mares did extremely well. Like Funstar was able to sell her progeny for over a million dollars as well. So the Australian mares um, are performing quite well over there. Yeah, well, the Japanese invested in this uh, this idea probably about 10 or 12 years ago, and they've really reaped the rewards. They've had Shamrock, and they've had lots and lots of good good mares come out of Australia, and, and they've done very well selling the progeny. And, they probably only sell half the progeny and they race the other half themselves. And, you know, you saw the one out of Yankee Rose. She looks like a superstar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those sort of things are great advertisements for Australian racing. So you've, you, you, we've seen what Yankee Rose was able to do as a broodmare over there in Japan. The Funstar cult by Kasuna uh, was purchased for $1.6 million. The She Will Rain progeny uh, went for $1.4 million. So, uh, the Aussie mares were the stars of the shows or one of the stars of the shows at that Japanese sale recently there. Um, so it just proves that um, on, and people say that the Japanese are the best breeders in the world these days or up there anyway, um, like what they're seeing with our brood mares. Yeah, well, if, uh, there's an appetite, a worldwide appetite for good, well-bred fillies and colts and that sort of thing. And the Japanese horses have done so well around the world. It's It's no surprise that they, fetch these great numbers at the sales. So at the end of the day, as we get set to take our first break, Captain, what did you learn? Um, have you learned anything from what's been happening with the breeding industry and the bloodstock industry in Europe? And do you think that that will filter um, down here when we um, head back to our sales season? Yeah, I'm expecting our sales to be very strong again this year. You know, there's there's a number of people that buy for cult syndicates, and there's a number of stables underneath that that buy for their own for their own clients. And I'm I'm sure the markets, the appetite's going to be there for good horses again this year. What about the mum and dad buyers over there in in Europe? Is that just non-existent because of the prize money? Is it hard to get the the plumbers and the nurses and the the builders and the journalists etc. into horses in the UK and parts of Europe, or is there a market there for syndicators to participate at sales? I think syndication in Europe is probably 10 or 15 years behind what we see in Australia. You know, like 
we've got lots and lots of syndicators in Australia now that are, you know, that are racing horses in Europe because they've already got their infrastructure in place, you know, like the Bennett Racings and those sort of people having runners in Europe and, you know, Go Racing has a number of horses with Joseph O'Brien as well. I think most of the times that's coming from their Australian clients, but I'm sure in times to come that it'll um it'll become more there'll be more strength to it in Europe with their own people, mums and dads, sort of people yeah. buying into shares and horses and micro shares and things like that. And we just had um, Johnny O'Neill on the show on Monday, and he was speaking about he's purchased a couple of horses or teamed up with a few of the. European owners that have got horses there with Joseph O'Brien, et cetera, um, to, to have runners for the Melbourne and Caulfield Cups and the Cox Plates. Uh, have you found much interest there from the Europeans um, regarding the Australian interest to, to buy these type of horses? Or do you think that they're just pricing their horses too high now for us to participate um, in trying to buy a, a Melbourne Cup horse? I think if... If you find if you find a, a real Melbourne Cup horse, you're gonna have no trouble selling it. Yeah. Um. There's a, there's a number of people that'll stay in for half or stay in for a quarter or other people invest. But the hardest thing's actually finding the article. Yeah. They're trying to work out which trainers will buy and you know, which owners will sell, and then trying to work out that the horse that you buy isn't cooked before it gets here. Well, you know, this I think. Most of the horses in the Melbourne Cup this year have probably been invested in in the last 18 months. And, you know, at the top of the market, there's there's a number of those European horses that look like they're going to be pretty competitive. It depends which ones come, which ones travel, and, and which ones turn up on the day. Well, Captain, don't go anywhere. Go and get a cup of tea. Um, you're in France at the moment. We're in different time zones. You're in the Northern Hemisphere. I'm in the Southern Hemisphere. So go and get a cup of tea. Barry Bowdish, I think he's been in New Zealand. He's about to join us because he's going to have a chat to us about the upcoming John Singleton um, sale. Obviously, if you're just um, reading the newspapers when you woke up this morning, Singo has decided to sell his Strawberry Hill um, property and also over 100 horses at an upcoming sale on August 29 at Strawberry Hill Farm. So we'll have a chat to Barry about that. Then I'll pick your brain about that upcoming sale um, with John Singleton. This is Breeding Bloodstock and Banter, Gareth Hall and the captain, Guy Mulcaster. You're listening to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Welcome back to the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter. Captain Guy Moldcast, he's just gone to get, I think he's gone to get a coffee in the early morning of um, the day there in France. And Barry Bowditch joins us now. I think he's in New Zealand. I saw some social media work of himself and uh, Mark Chittick at uh, Waikato Stud there doing their parters. I think Barry's looking at a few of the the young horses, hopefully heading to the Gold Coast for the upcoming yearling sales in the early part of next year. Barry, good morning to you, wherever you may be, or hello to you. Um, are you still in New Zealand? Yeah, no, afternoon to, to you, Gareth. Um, yeah, in New Zealand, uh, third day of our tour over here, which has been great, seeing a few yearlings for January and they're being very well looked after by the farms over here. So, um, you know, it's been, been good to get across here and, uh, and, and, and see some good horse flesh. Obviously, New Zealand's been a huge benefactor of racing in Australia over the last 12 months and, and plenty of those horses are Magic Millions graduates. So um, it's good to get back. So is it a case that you have to go and sell your case or do you know 
what horses will be heading to your sales or are you trying to persuade a few of the farms to make sure that they get to the Gold Coast come January? Yeah, a bit of both. Obviously, it's yeah. a competitive world. There's three sales companies trying to get these horses. So, so you know, you're, you're over here, you know, for our sale, you're looking for, for um, obviously, you know, the, the, the more forward type of horse that's going to be ready for an early January sale. And, and right now, there's there's plenty of sires over here that probably in recent years, the horses that weren't really on our radar that now are. So we're obviously over here looking for, you know, Proceers and Swainesses and yeah. Satana Aladdins, as well as all the, the old names that, you know, the, the Savabils of the world. And obviously, there's some really promising new horses coming through, at, at obviously at, at Windsor Park Circus Maximus and at uh, at um, Cambridge and Hello, Umasane. Um You know, there's 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 plenty going on here and there's plenty of up and coming horses and you know when they're breeding quality animals we've got to take notice and 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 obviously complement what we're doing at home obviously we'll be shocked for the quality horses bred in australia with a with hopefully a small smattering of some really nice horses to sit our market from new zealand talking to a few of the heavy hitters when it comes to the breeding game of recent times in new zealand like a mark chittick and a sam williams they tell me that that the feeling with inside new zealand racing both from a racing point of view and a breeding point of view, has never been stronger at the moment. Do you see that when you head over there? Absolutely. I think this is the first trip I've done over here in many a year where where you're walking, you're driving off farms and knowing that, you know, they've got something to look forward to here. I think, you know, obviously Entain coming involved over here for Tab. Um, you know, the prize money increases that have been assured. Uh, there's, 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 a lot of blue sky here in uh, in New Zealand, and I can see plenty of positivity both in the breeding barn and on the racetrack. So um, things are looking up here, and, and you know that's great for the ecosystem here in both Australia and New Zealand. Obviously, they're huge supporters of our racing in Australia, and obviously of our breeding stock sales. So it all works hand in hand. When they're doing well, we're doing well, and, and vice versa. So it's exciting. We always knew that this day would come, I and mean, it's sort of nearly hard to believe that it has come with John Singleton announcing earlier this week that he will be selling up his racing empire, um, including, of course, his beautiful farm. And then over 100 horses will be sold by Magic Millions at the back end of August. Um, How are you going to go about this process and how do you think it'll all work out? And you didn't really have to worry about Singo going to another um, company because uh, Jerry wouldn't talk to him for the rest of his life. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe that was the reason he yes. might have thought about going somewhere else. You don't know what you're going to expect from Singo at the end of the day, but um, it's going to be a, a fascinating sale. Absolutely. You know, he's obviously been one of the most successful breeders anywhere in the world over the past two decades. He's bred some of the best horses ever to race in Australia. Um, you know, he's still got a lot of those families that he he's made on his own. Um, and, you know, He's put a lot of time, effort, money, resource into this, and he's got a world-class farm. It's one of the most beautiful farms you'll ever see, and it's on the doorstep of Sydney, um, you know, about a third of the way to the Hunter Valley. So, you know, very well situated, um, you know, some outstanding stock, which we'll, we'll put under the hammer in, uh, in late August. And when you think about it, it's quite amazing from an advertising guru that has owned uh, radio stations and TV stations and done a wonderful job um, in that part of his his life. But when you look at his what he's been able to do in racing and the legacy that Singo's breed will leave um, is quite amazing when you think about it. And I guess breeders get a chance to try and 
get into Singo's family um, come this sale? Absolutely. You know, the work's been done with most of these pedigrees. Yeah. You know, it's all there. It's it's in black and white for you. And there's a lot of big black, black type in these pedigrees. They're, they're mares that have got great bloodlines that have been well mated. Um, you know, so, you know, you can see buyers from obviously all over Australasia. And I think um, further afield participating uh, later this month. And I think on top of the, the mares, which are, are very, very exciting, are, are the weanlings that are just as exciting. Well, they'll be yearlings by then, but they have, um, you know, a, a quality 20 weanlings that are by some of the best sires, you know, out of some of the best mares. And, you know, they'll obviously fit in any yearlings that they want to next year. Obviously, there'll be a huge number of those that we're willing to get back to, back to January um, to have the pin hookers looking to buy them as well as, you know, the, the, the open market, the trainers, the end users, as we've seen in recent times at the weanling sales, the end user markets um, become a big part of it. So um, I can see... Um, I can see a lot of interest in the weanlings just as much as the man's. So how do you go about this process? The sale's on August 29, of course, at Strawberry Hill Stud. But if you're a bloodstock agent or a breeder that wants to go and have a look at these horses, what will the process be? And then I guess I guess it's a massive challenge for Magic Millions to have a sale off um, off their off-site, basically. So, um... Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Gareth. And that was obviously something we're working through at the moment, busily to, to make sure we've got, you know, every stone left unturned, so to speak. So um, I think, uh, you know, within within the next, uh, obviously, what, five weeks to go leading into it, I think within the next sort of week to week to week and a half, we'll have a catalogue online. And I think, uh, you know, as we get closer within that last fortnight, we'll, uh, we'll ensure that, you know, there's inspection times and there's a, there's a there's a way forward for obviously you know people to be able to go to the farm, have a look through the horses and uh, and you know assess them and obviously they'll be welcome to come back and 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 participate in the sale at Strawberry Hill, which should be a fantastic day or a fantastic afternoon. And you know if they can't make it back, they've hopefully done their due diligence and did online. So we'll have the best of both worlds there. Um, and I think it'll be a great you know open house for Strawberry Hill, so to speak, to yeah. see the quality of the farm. It'll, it'll go up for sale later in the year. But on top of that, to be able to, you know, offer these horse flesh live at Strawberry Hill, which, you know, it's, as I said, so well located. Now out of Sydney, you know, two hours from the Hunter. Um, it's the, the day we've chosen is two days after the stallion parades, the big stallion parades up in the Hunter. So yeah. you, can, you can imagine a lot of people coming and going from the Hunter leading into it. So it's, it's, you'd, you'd imagine it's going to be a good stopping point for people to pop in and, and, uh, and have a look around and, and, and see, the, see the horses that you know, are of interest to them. And they're all for sale? All unreserved, yeah. yes. So, so look, you know, there, there's, there's 20, 20 odd broodmares, 20 odd well, yearlings by then. There's um, there's a handful of race horses and and part of his yearlings. Obviously, he's still going to race a few horses. So so John John's you know there's a few horses that he owns in partnership that are that are left out of the. Obviously, Jerry won't let him sell Hawaii Five O for one. So um, you know there's a few of those horses that are left out that'll race on. And John John's got a great passion for racing going forward. But from a breeding perspective and from a farm perspective, farm perspective, it's time in his mind to um, to, to to sell it up. Yeah, and obviously. The Denise Joyce's family, more Joyce, um, will be on offer, I would imagine, as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. the big names, more Joyce, Samantha Miss. Um, you know, some of the younger men's Mokalua, obviously, is a, is a, um, a, a 
big ticket item, Miss Fabulous. Um, obviously, one of the first Frankels to run down here that was bred here in Australia. So there's some, and that's just to name a handful. Obviously, there's there's a there's a it's chock full of quality. Um, you know, it's very very exciting for the open market to be able to participate in a in a sale of this kind. And there'll be a lot of fun as well. I think it'll be entertaining that day anyway with Singo and Jerry there and um, there'll be a lot of the biggest hitters in the, the game in world racing that'll be rocking up there. And um, I think Singo will be happy if Mr. Zhang turns up anyway. So looking for, <laughs> looking forward to August 29. Barry, enjoy New Zealand, mate. And um, yeah, before you know it, um, we've got the stallion parades and before you know it, there'll be inspections and then it'll be January. <laughs> Exactly. No, the next month leading into this sale, we're inspecting a lot of yearlings for the Gold Coast sale, and um, we've been overrun with interest in the sale already. So really excited to um, to get around and see the quality horse. And obviously, we're starting here in New Zealand, so it won't be long till January, um, and we're we're looking forward to that also. Good on you, Barry. Thanks for your time, mate. Cheers, Gareth. Thank there, you. There's the Magic Millions Managing Director, Barry Bowditch. We'll take a break here on Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain, Guy Moldcast, and we'll be back with plenty more. You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. Welcome back to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with the Captain Guy Moldcaster, Gareth Hall also with you. And Captain, it was great to catch up with Barry. It's going to be a fascinating sale on August 29 um, because we all know that Singo has left quite a legacy with the the breed that he's been able to develop in the thoroughbreds. And that's a beautiful property at Strawberry Hill. So over a hundred horses to be sold. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what they go for. Captain, will you be participating? I'll be definitely putting a fair bit of work into it, Gareth, because there's a number of mares and things that are going to be sold by uh, Strawberry Hill that haven't been subjected to the market before. It's been pretty much a closed shop over the last uh, 15 years or so with John's uh, breeding operation and I think there's going to be some wonderful uh, opportunities there for people to buy. So that's interesting. We were having a chat to Barry about that and how bloodstock agents and breeders go about trying to inspect these horses before the sale on August 29 because as you just pointed out, this is an opportunity that doesn't come around too often. No, you know, like people spend years and years trying to build a good broodmare band and most of the time when they get the blue hens, they don't really let them be subjected market again so what would you look for obviously they've got oh singo's got um some of his superstar brood mares that have performed so well like a more joyce um a samantha miss on, on on the track and they would be going for some big money you would imagine so from your point of view what would, do you look for the sisters are you looking at weanlings you want to buy a yearling maybe to get ahead of the game there, what would your thinking be? And what do you think others, others how they would go about this uh, particular situation as well? I think everybody would be pretty much uh, similar. They'll go through the pedigrees and, uh, and, and do the inspections and try and work out where, the, where they can fit to get, get involved in, the, in this wonderful uh, opportunity and, and see if you can get some value somewhere. Yep, and um, then after you purchase five or six, Captain, you'll be able to purchase Strawberry Hill and set up a farm. You'd have to move from your penthouse, of course, on, on the Gold Coast. I don't know if you're a farm boy these days, but you would imagine well, there'd be well, some Gareth, strong interest in Strawberry Hill stud. Well, Gareth, there's an amazing uh, cafe right next door to it. Yes. And 
we could sit on the balcony there and uh, drink some lattes and uh, and watch the farm go round and round. Hundred percent, smoking darts and uh, the um, americana, that's what they like to call the the long blacks in in Europe, and um, yeah, just watching your superstar yearlings gallop in those paddocks. So, um, hopefully, someone in the racing industry purchases Strawberry Hill, Captain. You would think so, Gareth. Uh, it, it would be a opportune time for someone that's got a farm in Victoria or somewhere else to have a New South Wales base. Yeah, 100%. Now, um, we are recording this podcast and show on a Wednesday afternoon, and Brooks Spies has been purchased on an online sale for $680,000, and Captain is 640000 Jacko. We better get that right. And there's... There's no prize in guessing who actually purchased her. <laughs> um, Mr. Zhang obviously bought her, and, and it yes. was a good re- return on investment for the owners of Brooks Buy that we managed to buy at the yearling sales a few years ago. She won a fair bit of prize money, and she's realised a good good amount as, as a broodmare prospect now. So why would they sell her online instead of going to a Magic Millions or an English broodmare sale? It was just a it was just a timing aspect, Gareth. She wasn't really ready for the Magic Millions, and uh, we thought we'd give her a couple more runs, and it probably just didn't work out how how we expected. And uh, putting them up a month before the breeding season start basically uh, gives you the best possible chance of realising the most money for her. Yeah, and Jamea, she's still <coughs> online at the moment, bidding still going. What's she up to, Jacko? Six eighty at the moment. So how long has she got left? One hour, 680. So you've got about an hour um, to put your bid in there, Captain. I tell you what, our, our producer, Jackson France, um, have we got questions with uh, the captain today? We have. So Jacko will come on. But the mares are about to fall in this country. And um, for a, a person like Jacko who's put his heart and soul and his life savings into this blue point, is it a filly or a cult you don't know yet? No, he doesn't know. Um, there's a lot riding on the next week or so, Captain. You wouldn't get nervous well, these days. The last month's been pretty amazing for Blue Point up here. He's had a couple of uh, very, very impressive maiden winners and another stakes winner the other day. So it's all going well for Jacko. And we've got our fingers crossed that he gets a nice early foal. It's really correct. And he goes to Magic Millions and hits it right out of the park in 18 months' time. Yeah, and then he'll be able to bloody buy a coffee um, after that. So the, let's hope that does eventuate, Captain. And just with the Stallion Parades, they're about to get underway in, in Australasia. Um, from your point of view, do you like going to these stallion parades? Um, I know you enjoy well, I'm look- a junket where you're looking- free free alcohol, yeah. but uh, do you get anything looking- out of these stallion parades? Oh, I'm looking forward to getting up there and seeing the new horses and everything and, you know, going to see Animo um, before he starts his first season at Stud's going to be pretty amazing. I think he's got a wonderful chance, such a great racehorse he was and, you know, when we see him live in the flesh, I'm sure people are going to be lining up to send mares to him. Yeah, that will be exciting to see what Animo can do. We won't know him for a few years just yet, but um, oh, I saw him parading the other day. Looks like he settled into his new environment pretty well. Don't go anywhere, Captain. Guy Moldcaster, Gareth Hall with you with Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with the Captain. We'll take a quick break. And on the other side of it, looking forward to catching up with Jacko, who's ready to go with uh, your questions for the captain. You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. 
Welcome back to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter. Gareth Hall with you, along with the captain, Guy Moldcaster, who we just had a chat to. He was live in France um, for this particular show. We're lucky to find him, but he's been a big, big fan of Rebel Dane, who's standing at, of course, Whitten Stud and the boss of Whitten Stud, Anthony Thompson, joins us here on Breeding Bloodstock and Banter. Anthony, thanks for your time, mate. Um, geez, you must be happy with the way that Rebel Dane's been able to go about his work in the early part of his career, and you must be excited about this upcoming breeding season with him? Yeah, backing up what Guy says, um, it's good to have uh, the captain's support and we've got a captain's code, a bit of an offer for um, uh, your listeners. If they did have a mare that they're interested in sending to Rebel Dane, we're happy to use um, Louis Mahika or Laurel Oak Bloodstock Services and, of course, um, uh, Laurel Oak are responsible for breeding fibre and the slipper winner out of a you know, a fairly inexpensive mare, and they've also done the mating for subterranean. Um, I wouldn't say she's you know, the fanciest mares, but um, what they've done, working, um, analysing pedigrees and and, uh, and sort of working those matings out, what they've found with Rebel Dane is he can really upgrade his mares, and we've seen that phenomenal um, stats uh, early days for this young stallion from very limited opportunity in terms of um, numbers of mares and, as I said, some moderate mares. Um, but, you know, seeing him um, uh, with those sort of 6.1%, um, uh, you know, stakes winners to, to runners, he's an elite stallion, um, early days, very exciting time for sure. Now, I remember at the sales last season, the captain, um, Guy Moldcaster, purchased a, a Rebel Dane and I think there was a few of us interested to get into this Rebel Dane, but it was sold within um, a couple of hours. So obviously he's catching the eye of some of the biggest players in the game. And, and you make that point now, Anthony. He did a wonderful job in the early part of his career with limited opportunities with the mares that he was serving. But now he's getting the opportunity with the mares that he, I guess, that he deserves. Yeah, no, we certainly saw that last year. Um, his move to Witten, um we saw a, a big influx and um, uh, of, of quality and quantity um, covered a big book of mares last year and some very nice mares, um, and he continues to deliver on the track. So, um, you know, a hell of a racehorse himself. There's no doubt um, about his ability on the track. Um, so competitive at elite level and um, serious constitution, uh, you know, running in in Group 1s um, and stakes races throughout his life. I think he's only, in his 40 career starts, only his first two starts weren't stakes races. Um, he was in the frame in so many of those big Group 1s um, right through his career, you know, winning Manicados and um, Sir Rupert Clarks and, you know, just bobbed out and TJ Smiths and right through um, the top sprints. Um, so... Yeah, a, a fantastic race for himself, a very durable horse, and now we're seeing that um, in his progeny. So um, for a horse off a low base, um, he's on the up and up and, and um, phenomenal statistics. So if you've got a mare and you're thinking about going to, to a Rebel Dane, you're trying to work out what's the best stallion for your mare, obviously you, you head to Wittenstad and use the captain's code to get a discount, but... Like, what kind of mare do you think really suits Rebel Dane? Because when you have a look at his profile, you mentioned how dominant he was against some of our best sprinters over the shorter trips. But then you look at a Fireburn who's won a Golden Slipper and would have been awfully hard to beat in a, a Queensland Oaks if she wasn't scratched a couple of days out. 
And then even for um, if you, you're going off recent performances by the progeny Rebel Dane, the, the uh, bargain by Vafina, who was formerly trained by Andrew Bobbitt in stall and now took out the Northern Territory derby there on the weekend, they seem to be getting trips, these these fillies. Yeah, obviously, um, Fireburn has got a bit through the female pedigree, of so you'd think, Mayor. Um, and, yeah, I mean, a, a, a big win up there in, in the Derby, $150,000 race and well celebrated. So there's lots of exciting um, uh, successes for his progeny around the track. Yeah, I think um, he, he has worked with a quite a, a good cross-section of mares and, um, uh, you know, they haven't been elite mares, you know, subterranean out of a Bernardini mare, Lloyd's crowned out of a high rolling mare. Um, so, you know, we're, we're happy to, as I said, to, to get the mares analysed, tell you what you think will work. Uh, with the captain's code, you'll get a good discount. He's only at 20 grand plus GST, yeah. um, but we've, we've been lent on by the captain to look after his, the listeners. Um, so call us up, have a chat to us about the mare and, um, uh, mention the captain's code, you'll get a good discount and we'll have a look at the mating for you and we can come back and, and tell you what we think. Uh, you know, w- we want to breed good horses too. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we find people have got, you know, one, two or three mares, they might get us to look at them and say, well, so this is the best one or we don't think that mare suits. Um, there's no problem with that either. But, you know, we're just trying to help the breeders breed the best possible horse. Uh, we've got our theories and we'd like to discuss yours and, and, um, and have a chat about it. So... Um, yeah, that's all we're, we're offering is um, is to to send us an email, give us a call, and, and we'll get to work. And you've got a terrific group of stallions now, and with your farm in Victoria, you've got um, a terrific lineup there. And then, of course, in New South Wales, I'm fascinated to get your thoughts on Jack and I. What's the interest been in him as he heads towards his first season? Yeah, he's got over 150 bookings now, so that's a fantastic first book for him. Um, he's had a chance to um, to get to the stud and um, starting to let down into a beautiful horse. Um, he's feeling very, very well. He's bouncing yeah. around. Uh, I'm sure if uh, uh, Nick Price saw him, um, he'd be keen to get him back <laughs> into work. But, uh, you know, for him to, uh, to have that big, great weight for age group one win, uh, won the Golden Rose, he, um, uh, you know, he's, he's a hell of an exciting horse for us. And, uh, and you know we, we can't wait to um, t- to get busy with him um, come the first of September. It's a big stay in pedigree and bred to Chance's choice. So there's a lot of um, exciting sort of things you can do with that mating um, in, in in bred to a blue hen like that. Um, so yeah, we've we've bought some lovely mares for him. We've had great support from the shareholder base and, and the major breeders. So. Um, bring on 1st of September with Jack and I. And you've got your King Sue, uh, Sue star there, but you must have been happy with the way that Trapeze Artist has kicked off his career as well. Yeah, no, Tra- Trapeze Artist um, had some lovely two-year-olds, up to nine winners already, and um, uh, three stakes performers. Um, I, I think, um, you know, they, they look like really progressive horses like him. Um, they've had a very good, exciting first crop with their two-year-olds, and we're Really looking forward to the spring as three-year-olds because he's got so many nice horses out there um, heading to the spring and um, impressive in the trialers. And, and I think he's he's got um, about nine trial winners that haven't been to the races yet. So we're, we're looking forward to the to the spring and uh, and seeing trapeze at three. Have you been happy with the progress of your Victorian farm there, Anthony? 
Yeah, it's um, it's going well. I think um, uh, in the short time we've been there, you know, we've acquired some really nice stallions for Victoria. Obviously, um, we'll see our sort of first lot of yearlings go to the sale next year with the Victorian bred Nikonis and star witnesses. But yeah. on top of that, you know, adding to what was already there, Magnus, um, first crop of, of Russian Camelot, um, Doubtland and Dirty Work. So a big year for Victor- Victoria next year. Uh, the addition of Bruckner this year has been very well received, very good-looking, fast, um, son of, of Snitzel, you know, lovely black horse. He has a high-priced um, Melbourne Premier yearling when he topped the Melbourne Premier sale. Um, you know, ran second in a Coolmore. He's well-known to the Victorian breeders, and the support there has been fantastic. So a lot of good things happening at Widden Victoria. And, um, yeah, we've got uh, Widden Victoria Open Day, um, coming up in a couple of weeks, so um, there's, you know, we're looking forward. I think we've already got over um, 250 people uh, planning to come to see the stands on the uh, 18th of August. So, um, yeah, pl- plenty happening down there. And what about the Russian Camelots? I'm fascinated to see how they go because he was such an intriguing horse. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there's, there's a bit of X factor about him. He was a special yeah. horse. Um, what he did. You know, as a two-year-old beating the three-year-olds, you know, as a, as a Northern Hemisphere bred to, to win a derby. Uh, but he was a horse with a great turn of foot, great speed. Uh, we never, we got to see how good he was, but I'm sure he would have gone on and, and done some incredible things. Uh, but looking at his progeny, um, yeah, they're, they're different gravy. There's something about them, the way they look and the way they move. They're very intelligent horses and the way they carry themselves. So... Really exciting time, um, a horse with, with real X factor. So a, a big um, sales season um, next year as we present his first crop yearlings. So if you want to head to Whitton, the Valley of Champions, of course, Anthony, either in Victoria or New South Wales for the Stallion Parade's opening days. How do you go about doing that? Do you need to register? Yeah, send us an email yep. um, uh, just at um, anthony at com or info at whitton.com. And um, and let us know um, you, what you're doing. Or get in touch with us. Give us a ring, and we can sort that out. And with breeding bloodstock and banter, obviously we're right behind um, Rebel Dane with the statistics not lying. Be a rebel. Book today with the exclusive Captain's Code, which is easy. Just ring up Anthony and the Widden team and mention the Captain's Code, and you get a discount with Rebel Dane. And hopefully you can breed the next slipper winner like a Fireburn. Um, and would have been some story if she was able to win a classic as well, but. We might see if we can get the captain to pick us out of Rebel Dane at the upcoming sales as well, Anthony. And hopefully he'll let, he'll let us in this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll be quick. Uh, he's proved very popular. But um, with those stats, as I said, um, uh, 6.1% uh, stakes winners to run as his second only to extreme choice. And the same stage of his career, you, you know, you, you look from so few runners, just what he's doing, um, and that a slipper winner. So... Um, I'm sure, um, you know, whilst there's not many of them around at the moment, in a few years to come, um, the, there'll be a, a nice wave of them. So if you missed out this time, um, keep keep hassling the captain and, and get him back to work. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. And you must get excited at this time of the year. I don't know if you're excited. You don't get too much sleep with the mares falling, but um, I would imagine for all of your staff and, and, and the owners as well, like a, a lot of the breeders out there and, um, they might have their mare and they wait for, what, a couple of years working out where they're going to go, which stallion they go, and then um, 
and then they're crossing their fingers that nothing happens. And then obviously, um, the foaling process. So there's a lot of excitement around at this time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a springs where it all happens. Um, obviously, um, breeding, it's a slow burn. It's a game of patience. There's a lot of planning. Um, and then things happen pretty quickly. Um, you know, you, you sit and wait on those mares and then all of a sudden, um, you know, they sweat up, um, uh, foal starts to present and before you know it, you, you know, you've got a colt or filly on the ground and, and the first steps are being taken. So um, whilst it is a, a, a game of patience and a, a long game, there's a lot of things that happen quickly in the breeding game as well. So certainly in the spring, it's a great time of the year and there's plenty happening. Thanks for that, Anthony. We wish you the best of luck with the upcoming parades, uh, the open days, of course, and, and then um, heading to the foaling season. And then before you know it, um, we'll be heading to the sales once again, the early part of January, but job well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, doing a wonderful job and we appreciate your time here on the breeding bloodstock and banter podcast. No, thanks. There's still, there's still a few of us are at work, not in the South of France, drinking all the Unbelievable. wine like, like the captain, but there's a couple of us still, uh, still on the tools doing the job. So, well, uh, it'll be good to catch up with him and, and hear his, uh, reviews of the, finest wines in France. Yeah, well, he tells me that he's been working, Anthony, and you probably know him better than any, anyone. He says he's been working for five or so weeks, and his line was a little bit funny today. It took us about five hours just to record this podcast, and, and he, wouldn't talk, he wouldn't talk about his social life, social life as well because, guys, don't mention this, Gareth, but he, he, he had pictures in Turkey with Henry Field and James Harrod and, and James McDonald, and he didn't want to talk about that. But when, once you put yourself out on social media, I would imagine that you, you've you put yourself out in the, the, the public's eye, Anthony. And then um, he tells us he's been working really hard, um, getting a few new clients, et cetera. But, um, geez, he must get paid well because we've all been to Europe of recent times and it's it's not cheap. Doesn't sound like work to me. No. I don't know about you, Gareth, but... Uh... <laughs> We won't, we, won't be, we, won't be, we won't be believing a word of that. All right, mate. Um, thanks for your time and um, looking forward to catching up throughout the series, mate. Do you know what? We're going to get you on next week as well and the captain will be on. And I want you to give it to him like you just did then. And um, that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be too easy. All right. Thanks, thanks All mate. Right. There's, yeah. Anthony, there's Anthony Thompson, of course, from Winnenstad. And Rebel Dane, the statistics don't lie. Be a Rebel book today with the exclusive Captain's Code. Make sure you mention the Captain's Code and you can breed yourself the next slipper winning fire burn. We'll be back with plenty more on the Breeding and Bloodstock and Banner podcast. Gareth Hall with you and Guy Mulcaster. You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. One. Welcome back to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter, Gareth Hall with you and the captain, Guy Molecaster, our producer, Jackson France, joins us with some of your questions. Jacko, welcome back. Gareth, Guy, great to be here with you. you you're nervous, How mate. are you, Jacko? Uh, a few sleepless nights at the moment. Got a text message from Shelley Murtagh and the team at Neuralind Park last night, a photo of four of a kind. She's currently in the Nightwatch um, area. So, yeah, counting down the days, and I think she's due roughly uh, late next week. So, okay. fingers crossed we can get a safe file on the ground. Do you have any mares, um, Captain? I've got a couple, Gareth, yeah. Yep. Do you get nervous? No. <laughs> Do you sell or race yours? I sell them. Yes, you you would sell them, wouldn't you? Um, I'm looking forward to it. What, are you selling – were you selling um, – did you sell any last sales season? 
Yes, we did. We sold a number last year, and we've got a few nice ones we're getting ready to sell this year. So, fingers crossed. Yeah. Some people tell us that the breeding game's difficult, not for the captain. He just he prints money. Hey, um, what questions have you got for us, Jacko? Yes, yeah, so we've got a few that have come through in Guy's absence over the last few weeks, and one from Sarah. She says, the likes of Animo and Pulele have been retired to stud this season. Of the recently retired crop guy, which stallion prospect excites you the most? Well, I think I think the you know the ones you mentioned there are pretty pretty uh, self explanatory, really, Jackson. Um, I think if you're going to send a mare to uh, a, a new stallion, I think you just want to have a look at its race record and and see you know like the market seems to like fast. They like horses that got up and did it, you know, as two year olds and three year olds, and they like fast horses. But most of the money in Australia is for 2,000 metres plus, you know. So I think if you're going to send a mare to a stallion, you can you can just basically go with whatever your gut feel is because um, the market's going to change around and the horses, the staying horses, are going to start making more money because they, people, the, owner, the owners realise that the investment, return on investment is going to be much better. Do you have oh, – sorry, sorry, Guy, this one's from Mick. So he says, do you have any advice for those weighing up whether to send their mares to a shuttle stallion? And have they proven successful for you over the years? Yeah, I think uh, there's a number of good shuttle stallions. You know, like you look at Wooden Bassett, I think Gareth will attest to the fact that his runs at Royal Ascot were pretty amazing. You know, he's yeah. got some really, really high-quality horses coming through. He stood in Australia last year. He's going to have foals coming through. And uh, I think he's got to have a great chance. And there's numbers of others like Maurice has done a great job out of Japan. And, you know, the, this uh, pound for pound, there's not much difference between those ones and the colonial stallions, really. After having a chat to Tom Magnia, this is just my question from Gareth here. Um, Captain, great to have you on the show. If you could buy... One stallion, and I have a share in one stallion. Would it be Wooden Bassett or would it be Justify? Um, I think you're going to find that Justify is going to have a pretty good year this year. He's got a number of horses just waiting, bubbling along there. And then we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for the Wooden Bassett. So it's pretty hard to really say. I think both of them have got a great chance. Got one here from myself, Guy. Obviously, as we touched on before, I've got the mare set to fall down. Next week to Blue Point, what do you want to see from a mare with her first foal? Uh, I think you want to see a bit of size. You want to see a bit of strength. And um, and you obviously, you're going to get an early foal, so that's going to give you a little bit of an advantage, Jackson, because you know the early foals are going to be a little bit more mature. By the time they go to the sales, they can be up to 20% older than some of the other ones, so... You know, get a good, strong foal first up, and away you go. And have you worked out who you're going to send the mare to next? No, I haven't weighed that up yet. Hanseatic, I think, um, is a little bit of interest to myself and a few of the shareholders. Whoever and... sponsors the show, you'll be sending your mare there, Jacko. <laughs> or That's Rubik. Pretty I, easy, yeah. I, I love the look of Rubik at Sweatenham Start as well. Um, he's absolutely flying at the moment. Where would you send Where would you send his mare? What's she buy? Uh, so she's by Eurozone. Okay, James Cummings trained that gallop. Yeah, she's not the most fashionably bred, but Eurozone's had a couple of nice horses, Crone and the like, yep. Miss Kentucky. Is there hope for the kid or is just needs a little bit of luck, Captain? I think uh, I think Jackson's probably pretty much on the right path. I think Anseatic's going to be pretty good value. And, you know, Rubik's already proven and he's still at a reasonably cheap price. Yeah. And um, Peter Moody's got to justify legacies that could be one of the finds of the spring carnival. So justify, as the captain pointed out, 
could be in for a big season. There's a question coming. Can I read Les's out regarding the, the mares purchased at the broodmare sales? If you see them race, Captain, would you follow them or would you just wait and see how they go? That's an interesting question. Mm, um, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit confused how, how what he's actually getting at. Les. So, so Les wants to know. I think he's getting at. It. So, if you see a broodmare that's been purchased at a broodmare sale, and then they see them racing for a new camp, um, do you think yeah. they're, they're, they're worth following, or do you think the owners are getting like um, just having I a think... throw at the stumps? What's the what's the what's the history of mares doing well out of a broodmare sale on the track? Well, I think a good example of it is in Hong Kong when horses change stables. It doesn't really matter if they go to a, a trainer that's higher on the on the trainer's list or one that's lower on the trainer's list. I think horses do en- enjoy a change of environment, maybe not necessarily for to a better trainer or to a worse trainer. I think just the way things are done differently can actually bring bring the best out in them. So, yeah, I think if you see a mare go through a sale uh, and it goes to a new environment, a new jurisdiction, I think, uh, yeah, definitely follow it. I've got one that's come through from Mitch Guy. Do you have an update at all on Winx's first foal, the Piero Philly? How's she progressing at the moment? Uh, I haven't had a, uh, an update. I saw her at the stud probably six months ago, and I think everything's going well. I think it, there'll be a fair bit of water to go under the bridge yet, but before we know anything more about her being a Piero, it's going to be more of a three-year-old type, probably more like a mother was. So um, I'm not sure if it's going to get sold or it's going to get retained, but um, I'm sure when when we know, we'll let all the listeners know on the show. Just changing tact a little bit, one final question here from Paul. How's Kovalika going? He was obviously so impressive winning the Queensland Derby. He's a champion. Yeah, well... He- He's uh, he's had his Queensland holiday. Um, he's done a couple of weeks pre-training up in Queensland, and he moved back to uh, New South Wales last week. He's probably he's not going to need a lot of lot of training. He's he's going to have a fair bit of residual uh, fitness, and I think he'd probably run him first up over a mile in Sydney, and then we'll just take it step by step and see see where he ends up. When you come back from holidays, who pre-trains you? <laughs> Uh, I'm naturally fit, Gareth. Yes. Don't go anywhere, Captain. In fact, that's it, isn't it, Jacko? It's been a lot of fun, Captain. And when, so you'll be, are you back in Australia next week? Yes, I'll be back next week, Gareth. Uh, all right, then I'm looking forward to that. You'll be a busy man, obviously, with uh, the Strawberry Hill sale for Singo and then the Stallion Parade. So um, it's an interesting time of the year and with, of course, uh, the foals there um, being born. <coughs> Um, in the next week or so, or next what couple of months, and then the the stallion praise as we point out, and then the breeding season starts September first, so it comes around pretty quickly. Captain, as always, it's a pleasure, and um, Mercy McCool, and you enjoy your last week or so in France. Have you? Uh, uh, bo- thanks, have, you got, have you got thanks, a winner? What, what about the captain's pick? Well, I'm sort of I'm sort of a little bit out of touch with yeah. him at the moment. Gareth, but we had a number of horses trial pretty well the other day, and I think uh, over the next couple of months, if they stick with the captain's pick, they'll be making a little bit of Christmas money. All right then, mate. Love it. That's all we need to know. We'll stand by for that. Good on you, captain. Thanks for that.